On this episode of the Faded Golf Podcast, John and I are back after about two-month hiatus. Uh, took some time um, this summer to obviously catch up on work, family, playing our own golf. Um, but we're we're looking forward to uh, a few more episodes to wrap up season two here. We get caught up on uh, the PGA being back, the PGA Championship. We talk uh, a little bit about how that impacts our games, how it impacts sports in general. Um, a lot of different topics kind of bounce around, but just uh, enjoyed the conversation, getting back together a little bit. Hope you guys like it. I've got this one about two balls out to the right. I'm telling you, man, it's a speed putt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 22 of season two of the, uh, the uh, Faded Golf podcast. I don't even know what we are. We're in the season of Faded Golf and the Blah, 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 John. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, we have been on a two-month hiatus. Um, we took a summer break last year. It might have only been like – it might have been eight weeks. I'd have to go back and, and look at what it was. Who cares? Took a break. We did. We took we'll a break. And we, break. and we took another summer break here too. I think what ends up happening, and we probably it, – it's this is like broken record. I bet you when we came back last year, it was the – same thing which was like we got into playing our own golf and our family time and work and whatever else and you you know enjoying you know life and uh as we get back into golf and we get back into probably the summer getting behind us and regular schedules and things like that it'll be we'll try to get back into our regular routine here yeah so yeah i mean i would i would say Breaks are good, but I, I can say that you've probably, as I, have played more golf in the past three months than you've probably ever had due to this COVID stuff. I, People more working at home, and we have actually access to a golf course that's close to us, and just more people are playing golf, which is about, I could say, probably one of the two or three only positives of this uh, COVID is uh, the I game has grown. Got to be able to work on the game. Yeah. Well, in game, the game has grown a little bit. So in general, you know, I think as much as as crowded as our course has been and other people's courses have been and things like that, to me, there's people that have gotten interested in the game because it's one thing you can do right now. So, which is cool. Well, um, we've had just a, I think, throw out just just an example of how it's grown is that we're already at thirteen thousand rounds this year at our golf club, and that was the total we did last year. The total. Yep. Yep, thirteen thousand rounds, and I bet you we'll end up doing what? It'll. I think with school coming back in, yeah, it'll slow down a little bit, but I bet you we'll get close to twenty thousand. I don't know. We'll see. It might. It might be closer to seventeen when it's all said and done. I I don't know if it's going. School's going to slow down anybody. That might give them more excuse. Like, well, we don't have kids at home, so (laughs) I'm going to go play some more. Um, I mean, you can't get a tea time. And it's like that everywhere. Uh, I've talked to other pros. Yep. It is it is crazy. I was actually um talking to um Bill Mattingly today out of Highlands, the coach yep. of Butler. Yep. And he said that um you know, golf has been super busy except that now that they found out today or not today, but they're canceling fall golf for the yes, big east. That. Yeah, a lot of uh well, kind of a lot of news. I mean, you know, football, 
Big Ten said that they were not going to do a football season. Is that um, official? Uh, I don't know. Dockage tweeted probably an hour or so ago that he's hearing rumblings that it's not completely lost. So who That's knows? A, I think it's a bit. It's a it's it's a mistake. He, I Bill didn't say to the coach about. He didn't really say one way or the other how he really felt. I mean, I think just people just kind of roll with the punches, especially when you're in that kind of job. Yeah. I think you just kind of have to. Um, yeah, it's just it's just part of it. But I, I just. College football, college football canceling season. I, uh, you're, you're talking about ruining a That's lot danger. of businesses and a lot of people's lives and livelihoods and a number of things that, in my mind, um, they're not. It, it's kind of like when we closed down for 30 or 60 days or whatever, did basically the world, you know, you, and you solved the job loss and now, you know, restaurants and things. That's not to say that humans aren't going to figure out a way to uh, rebuild or whatever it is, but it's going to be yeah, a we gotta really, be, we gotta long, be, really big hole that we've dug we, ourselves. We got to be able, like being allowed to rebuild. I think people mm-hmm. feel like they can't rebuild. That's yeah. the thing. Like, well, when are we going to be allowed to do it? Well, you know, you four, and I have talked I don't about know. this. I've talked about this with a number of people. I feel like we've got to get to a point where, where we have no idea what a, a vaccine is going to look like. We have to figure out how to live our lives, but live with the virus, not just um, keep uh, avoiding it um, 100% and like locking ourselves away. We have to learn to live with it. And there's going to be some people that obviously are going to be more cautious than others, but um, we've, we've got a lot of challenges ahead. Yeah, I agree. I think there starts to need to be more, you know, look, Schools have the right and conferences have the right to to cancel the season. That's their right. And they're in control. And, you know, people pay money to go to schools. They give out scholarships. They're in control. But I think there needs to be some more freedoms and choice given back to people in regards to a lot of other things. You know, I don't don't know. know, I I don't have a problem. Like, I don't have a problem wearing a mask. I don't don't really care. But I think when we're starting to force it and we're forcing our children – and then, you know, they're dropping it on the floor and stepping on it and trying to put it back on their face. And they think that's actually like <laughs> sanitary and that's actually going to help. I mean, doctors are even saying it's not going to it's not necessarily going to do much for kids because they just don't they're not going to use it right. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I think there has to be some more thought put in these things besides just shut shut everything down. But, you know, that's 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 I don't think. Uh, well, you've always think about you know, you like know, our. I, our existence throughout our existence we've been able to have options right like that like our country is is one in which like would you like option a or option b you know meaning um you, you can uh you can wear the more like for example you know you, in football here's one one you know you can wear the more protective helmet or you can wear one that is uh, a little bit older, but it still conforms kind of thing. You know, it's, it's not like they um, are constantly, you know, just telling you that you have to only do this. And so when I think we've been approached in this area where it's like your only option is A, you have no option B, you start to really get people flustered and, and wondering like, hold it, what's, what's going on here? What is this? Am I, why am I being dictated to? I'm an adult. I'm allowed to make, you know, educated decisions on with options on where I go. Like, do I turn, you know, which, which route do I take 
to, to get to work or whatever? Do I need to take the highway? Do I want to pay a toll? There's so many options, right? As we go through life. Yeah, but we're yeah. like, we're basically like, they're like, they've tried to remove all of our options. And it's like, well, that's not fair. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, it will, it'll definitely backfire. And I think that, you know, people that are in like, that are actually given options, let's say in the NFL, I've heard like 20 players have opted out, like saying, no, we're not going to play. Yeah. And, and, and here, and I had Dion Sanders made a quote. He goes, look, he goes, we'll be fine without you. He goes, remember yeah. this first and foremost. He goes, remember this first and foremost. This is a business. Yep. He goes, first and foremost, a bit, we'll be okay without you. You want to quit? Because if, if you really like football and you really make a lot of money, then, you know, you need to play. And there could be a risk. I, I just don't, like, I don't, I don't know how those guys, a lot of people, athletes, and, like, you know, I just don't know how they're viewing what they're doing and, like, how lucky they are. I mean, they're extremely – they're playing a game for a living for a lot of money. And, you know, guy that works at Chick-fil-A that's making minimum yeah. wage that has to work there, I mean, he doesn't – it's like, is he going to opt out? I mean, yeah. it's just – you guys, you're there for you're, you're there for entertainment. We need you to do it. Like, but if you don't, you know – Somebody else will, no. most likely. And you know what? They're probably going to be pretty darn close to as good as you, but they're going to have, have their shot finally. Like – I get it though. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there are plenty of people out there where their work um, and maybe the money they've already made, um, they'll, they can make a decision that says, Hey, you know what? I can take a year off and I'll be okay. I could retire tomorrow and maybe I'd be okay. And I, I can support those decisions all day. I can say that, but for the rest of the world, eventually we all become essential again. So, you know, I know when we started this lockdown, we were, they, they, somebody drew a line and said, well, these are essential workers. And well, I, I think we're all essential and we've got to get, we're like, we all need to get back to in some type of essential capacity and stop, stop trying to draw a line and says, well, this person isn't as important and this person, no, we got to figure out a way for everybody to work and everybody to be essential again. And uh, do it because as you as can't possible. just they can't just over like it's such it's, it's crazy to me like you get like people that are working at restaurants and like the essential place like how quick they're overlooked like they have to do it they have to do it but over here these people don't I just, I don't get it I just it yeah. doesn't make it's like so a guy who works at Chick Fil A or a gal like you don't think that they're putting their shit out there you know yeah. more at risk I'm like come on. Yeah. We, and there was not even, there's not even a thought like if you really think about that we're really afraid we really need to shut down they would figure out we could figure out a way where only food is like manufactured and delivered to your front door like literally it, that if that's where i yeah. feel like it would be equal to the chick-fil-a worker versus uh, a college athlete or excuse me or like a professional athlete that yeah. gets paid for that yeah. it, it's just it, it's starting to get frustrating to point look Again, we always go back. It's like, look, make your own choice. Yep. We, if you are afraid of this, stay home. You can get food delivered to you. You, know, you can stay protected, whatnot. But we, we got to be starting, like you said, we need an option B. Yeah. <laughs> there needs option B out there where people can start making yeah. and not decisions. And not be judged negatively for it because of some narrative that makes you feel like um, 
you know, you're out trying to like kill grandma or something like that by going out and, and, you know, living a life and being, and going out and choosing to be essential again. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And, and you know what our, we can be judgmental all day. We can be armchair quarterbacks all day. And, you know, after the, we shoot, that's what, that's what we do, right? Like shoot, oh, they ran it. They should have passed it. Right. That's, that's essentially what we do. Well, and you won't, they won't know unless they try to start the season on whether or not it was a problem. So why make the decision today to say, no, we aren't going to play football. What, what, you don't know. You have no idea. So far, all the professional athletes that have been playing, where we they've even had a few COVID issues or whatever, all these people are getting over it in like a week, most of them, because most they're healthy people. Asy- yeah, most and, of them are asymptomatic. Correct, too. or they're asymptomatic. And, yeah, I don't think anybody you wants blood on their hands. Is never talked about? Do you notice that point? Well, you just no, said. it's never brought up. It's never talked about. It's always they're, just who they're tested back in a, They're back in a week and they're healthy again you know it's like okay but yeah nobody is ever bringing that up and we're i think so that we've kind of already proven that you know it doesn't even necessarily require a bubble yeah baseball's going through a little bit of a roller coaster learning curve you know your squad hasn't played for what like a week or two almost now two, i don't even know. two yeah but it's 16 but, guys that tested positive and i cannot find anywhere how any of them feel yeah it's all no, just like no who reporting. tested positive. Like, well, there's okay. there's all this HIPAA stuff and all this stuff that you know you can't really report and on that. And I, I mean, I so you know what to to get to golf. So the the golf professional golfers came back playing. They were essentially the first sport back, right? And like what in week two, Nick Watney tests positive. Um. I saw him, what was it then, like maybe two weeks later, he had, he ends up coming and, and playing at, might have been the Memorial or something like that. It might have been two or three weeks later. It could have been at the Rocket Mortgage. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever tournament he came back at. And they interviewed him like on that Thursday or Friday. Um, and they were like, so, you know, what was it like being the first one? And like, do you think he wanted to talk about it? No, no. He didn't want to talk about it, but you know what, too? You could also tell as they're asking him questions, he was totally coached in how he was going to answer it. He was totally – Oh, yeah. He, he was coached. He was coached to basically be like, yeah, I feel better, and just every answer be generic to not be like, it was no big deal, uh, I was fine, and I don't even know if my test was even really – I had, like, the sniffles, and I guess I tested positive, but – I'm totally healthy, but well, can't blow it off one, because obviously the, the other scenario that test, pops up, you know, the other ones that tested positive, um, the few others, or there was like six others, mm-hmm. none of them had any symptoms. Nothing. And then they actually, they actually like had two, one guy, it was Cameron Champ. He tested yep. positive twice. And then the following day, uh, he tested negative. I'm like, what? I don't, I don't get that. It doesn't make sense. Like, there's a lot of been almost like false positives. And there, there have been a lot of false positives. I think there's, um, there's a lot of obviously varying types of tests that are out there, and they're still learning about all of this stuff. There was a, well, a study I saw from uh, University of California that 
um, somebody had shared on Facebook that said there's actually somewhat of an assumption at this point because of the number of asymptomatic um, cases that are coming up that possibly 40 to 50 percent of the population has actually been exposed to this and just never gotten any type of got actually sick. Now, not a lot of people are going to go out there and get antibodies tests or it or at the same time, they may have been exposed to it, never actually got it because their body basically fought it off real quickly. Well, so I look, I, I get the the intentions behind protecting the, the kids, the players, professional athletes, and they don't want like a super spread going on. But I'm sorry to like break this to everybody. It's like it, the vaccine is not going to be the cure all. And once we get around, we can't live like this forever. Well, even, yeah, man, even Fauci's backing down on the vaccine. You know, he's saying, you know, sure, we'll have a vaccine, but it may only be 50 percent effective now. So, like, he's even backtracking on what it's going to do. Well, the flu, the flu vaccine is only like. Yeah, 40, yeah, 40% can, effective. You can I, still get the flu, absolutely. Uh, yeah, 100%. So I just, on a good note, I got a, a text back from uh, Mr. Sean Bush, yeah. Yeah. who's gonna, who is available for uh, a podcast that we can uh, bring him in uh, this week. He said nice. actually tomorrow if we could do it. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. We could do we it can, later we on. Can, we, can, uh, we can queue him up. I like it. Ms. Yeah, Sean is on the, the Latin America tour, and he – what event is he in tomorrow? I had it up. Hold on. So they're doing like this he'll, – he'll explain it, but they're doing kind of like this like this rapid-fire events for the Latin America tour down in um, Georgia, through Alabama, um, and they're doing like pretty – they're just getting all the guys together. Yeah. And so they're like moving to like each tournament, like almost together. And hmm. I think it's every week, or I don't think I don't think they're trying to do Matamoros like, four ball this week, or the uh, what's it? What's another uh, Mexican the Echelon mini tour? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the El Chapo's Taint gonna be uh, on the card. <laughs> Echelon Golf Club. Oh yeah. Local. Oh, that's in uh, that's in Cabo. I think maybe no. No, they're in a. They're. I think they're. Are they Alpharetta, South? Georgia. Okay. Georgia. Cabo. <laughs> Where would you go play something like on the? Uh, I think there was one that was down there. It was like the Tiger Woods course down there or something. The but echelon. Anyway. Yeah, something like that. I'll have to look it up. The groovy echelon. Yeah. Are you go? Are you? Uh, I, I think so. We have some friends that are uh, we have a guy that's been on here, Scott. I think they're heading down to uh, Cabo next week with Cabo's... a big group of people. Really? They're letting yeah. people into Mexico right now? Okay. <laughs> mm. Okay. Yeah, I think I don't think Mexico will shut down for anything, especially for tour dollars. Apparently not. Tourism bucks. Apparently not. <laughs> well, that's you cool. Can go so down we'll have uh, we'll have a. Um, a, a pro golfer on this week, ideally. We um, we've been like as you mentioned, kind of early, earlier. We've been we've had the opportunity to play some more golf around here. We've had uh, what do we have? We had our member member tournament. Um, we had uh, God, you had the member guest, I think, between um, mm-hmm. the last time we talked. We we played uh, we played golf with Tyler Duncan. That was cool. Yep. He's, uh, uh, he came out and played. He chum. won. He, 
he won at the place you played at, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, I went down to Sea Island a couple weeks ago where he won. Um, you you got it. You got a. Did you post that on the the plaque with his name on there? Uh, you know, I don't know if I did, but I'll fit. I, I was going to when we uh, when we finally get a chance to interview him. You should just took point. a picture of. What, I mean, you took a picture I, of it. But I you sent should, it. You I should, sent it to him. But did you, did you, but you should have got a picture like with your like face right next to it. <laughs> Well, that could have been pretty good. I sent it to him. I, I, I shot, I shot six over, over two days. I determined that um, that would not have made the cut down there. So, um, did you play there? I teams? need to get I mean, It's not that long of a course, though, right? Uh, I played it as back as they. I mean, I played the back tees. Um, there were, especially on the um, uh, the seaside course, there was, uh, they had some boxes that were pushed back a little bit further than where I was playing it from. Um, so they had some more like tournament tees that they had pushed it back. So I want to say I probably played it from about, I don't know, maybe 6,800 yards roughly, I would guess. And I think they, I looked at the championship tees, like the card from the tournament, and I think they, they move it back there to a little over 7,000 um, on that seaside court. And then uh, what's uh, the par? Uh, it's a par 70. So um, on that course, and then the, the plantation course doesn't play, I don't think as long either, but it's a par 72. Um, both courses is very 7,000 yards, 7,000 yards on a part on a par 70. That's pretty long. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, had, I, and I mean, you're at sea level, but I didn't feel like it impacted, maybe knocked five yards off my, I played a, irons, but I played a par 70 today at Highland yeah. Country Club. Yeah. You ever played there? Mm. It's been very a long time. Old, very yeah. old school. It's a, uh, like, I think it, I think it was um, built like 1919 or something. It's hmm. super old. Yeah. Cool, cool little track, but par yeah. seventy. I was like, you know, I think we played by sixty-five or sixty-six hundred yards, and it yeah. didn't play that short. No, <clears throat> no. I think you know you get you par seventies, and uh, like almost all these guys basically play now in the tour events. They basically knock, they lop off to the par fives and turn them par, long par fours. Um, I, I mean, I can't remember. I can't remember the last tour event that was probably more than a par 70 but par, it just 70, seems like, par 71 yeah i think it kind of sucks when they when they um don't have a two par fives on each side because i think that's probably one of my favorite things to watch professional golfers my favorite holes to watch them head on go forward and two and then put, yeah. putting for eagle kind of thing yeah hell yeah I mean, saying, I, what they, yesterday, I think uh, number nine, number ten is it was a par five, and number nine, they had playing at over five hundred yard par four, and then number uh, ten was only like uh, five sixty. It was no, it was it was shorter. It was like it was a five hundred one versus five hundred seven. It would actually play like six yards shorter That's than par five did. So it, I didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah, they like one of the announcers mentioned that it was actually playing shorter. So I don't know. It could have just been where they had the tees set up for the day, but 
I think they wanted to. I actually really liked the setup this week. I don't know. I I, I felt like I did too. Um, I liked it. I tell you, you know, they and somebody else said this, and you know, the reason the PGA typically seems to get it right is because they know what they want to showcase is they want to showcase these guys getting birdies, but they also want these guys to struggle on a few holes. And when you don't make the entire golf course 100% really challenging and you give these guys a few opportunities like on some short par fours or maybe some short par fives um, to do some stuff and then you you put some tricky pins in or – you, um, you know, obviously lengthen out some par fours and do some stuff to, to make it a few holes, tough stretches. You see these guys um, have to really, you know, think about how they play. And for 12, I think 10, 12 under to win a golf tournament, what a great number. I mean, to me, that, that's, that's a phenomenal and um, I winning would, score. I would say that course was extremely difficult. And if you had, especially if the guys hadn't played it that much, I think if a few of the guys had played it before, and I think that helped them, but the rough was abnormally tough. Fairways were difficult. And I would say that even with those greens weren't that tough. I mean, they were, they weren't the most like undulating, super lightning fast greens. That course T to green was extremely difficult. If you miss in the rough, it was like a penalty shot, and that's did what you, it should be. Did you should see be how narrow way. some of those fairways were? I mean, they oh, had, I mean, and, and especially some of the dog legs. I think that's what made that in, that course interesting. You do a long dog leg, and so these guys are trying to figure out, well, how much do I cut off on this dog leg? And if they ran through the fairway, or if they tugged it a little bit, they caught themselves in the rough on a long par four, and they put themselves in trouble. Bombers, and, bombers weren't. Uh, the fairway was a premium, absolute premium. It was. And, well, let's talk about the Bombers for a second because I, I was starting to write a blog article yesterday about this. Do you think, especially based off of what we've seen with, you know, Spieth to Morikawa to Bryson and, you know, obviously these Bomber dudes, do you think – this premium that everybody's putting on bombing the ball is, is more important than accuracy. Depends on where you're playing. Like there, no accuracy was everything. A guy that hits has 165 mile an hour ball speed was just won the golf tournament. And these other guys are close to you know, 190, 195. He played with the longest hitter in the game, Cameron champ or longest hitter that week. Yeah. And he beat him by, what, five strokes that day? I mean, the guy was – that to me is just – it just shows, like, how important is it. Now, certain other golf courses, you go to, like, what, maybe, like, Whistling Straits, you bomb it there. Yeah, you're – you're fine. the fairways are bigger. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, just like, – well, the like ball's going to roll went, out. When they were at Aaron Hills, I mean, they just freaking just bombed it. And... Yeah. It bombers there. It just depends on the golf course. And I, I don't know, maybe – I think Augusta is kind of a mix of both. But you look, have but to be look long at there. But look at all the. Well, you don't. You know the thing is with Augusta, you you can be. I think the bombers end up being better because the rough is not is not penalizing basically at all. Mm. That's true. But and I think they putting, that out too. putting ends up becoming really really critical there as well. It's why it's why McElroy 
has never won it. I don't think well, he's the best putter on tour. Um, he is just—he's the best overall. I, to me, he's always the best overall ball striker. In oh general. yeah, he just... he's like—he's like in the video game, you know, when you're trying to pick your character and you're trying to figure out, you know, like Mario Kart, right? You're trying to figure out if you want like Donkey Kong, who's like just a mammoth dude that just knocks people over, or if you want, uh, you know, the little toad guy who's really fast and quick. Or if you want Mario, freaking Rory's just Mario, dude. He's just like your average. He's just all around freaking guy. Yeah, he's, he's all the all around. around. He's, he's all right. All I think that dude, if that dude could putt like Tiger could putt, he would already have ten majors. Rory yep. would. I mean, he just he has some brain farts though too. He's definitely the you know the guy that I you would think that wouldn't have that, but he does. He has brain farts. Like, what did he just? Why? <laughs> what happened? And he just does. And I think, you know, I think this event like or this championship showed a lot of, like, who a lot of the players are. I think Dustin Johnson got show, you know, what he does that he normally doesn't do. Like, Dottie Pepper and uh, I think it was Navalo were commenting, like, how long Dustin Johnson was taking around the greens. And Dottie's like, I never see him do this. So, mm-hmm. But I noticed it. I noticed it the last major he was in contention in. And the one before where he was leading, he was the guy expected to win. He yep. takes, he overtakes his time. I'm like, dude, do what you did last year when you were trying to come back on Brooks. He didn't give a shit. You just went up and hit the putt. You yeah. hit your shot. You hit your putt. And he came flying back. Uh, Brooks, I think he kind of ate a shit sandwich that he made himself. <laughs> like, I mean, that guy, he's that shit. I'm like, dude, golf is not a game. You just talk shit. Like, everybody has bad rounds. And I get it. You're, you know, super confident, but man, you know, you you think you're you're intimidating these guys. These guys aren't scared, man. They're not scared. No. You're not Tiger Woods in your prime. Yeah, you're just not. He's not. Well, he's I, awesome. Yeah. I bet on him to win. Yeah, but, but not. He's not Tiger Woods in the prime. I'm sorry. People are no. just not that scared of you. Well, and he's not that great of a putter either. He just. So here's like going back to my point on like the accuracy and the I totally agree with you in that I think the course really matters, right? You get big wide fairways, and I think these bombers can take a, a little bit even more advantage of it. Um, probably why I'm a proponent of narrowing the fairways on, you know, for these guys um, and setting up a course just like the PGA just did here. I think it was just a great tournament. But uh, if you still look at it, I mean, you're a lot of the top guys, man, they're considered the bombers. So I think there's still a factor of if you get a wedge in their hands and why Brooks, you get a wedge in his hand and he is, he's in contention. And even in the U S open, what did you say? What did you say? You just cut out. I said, I said, I think you get these bombers, you get wedges in their hands. Um, I think that's why they, they contend. So if you look at like him in the U S opens as well, where it's long rough and stuff, but he's longer than everybody else. And he's, so he's able to, instead of having to hack out a six iron or a seven iron, he's able to hack out a wedge and be closer to the green. He's got more chance of saving par or getting on the green and getting a par. So, but yeah, it didn't, it didn't, but Mark Howard probably had, you know, seven and eight irons in when, you know, Cameron had, you know, wedges in from the rough or he was under a tree and shit. And he still was, his proximity to the hole was the best all week. Yep. 
Well, but you know, that, that's... he's a he is a very so I was I was reading up a little bit about him last night and this morning Morikawa, and one thing that was just seemed to be consistent in all the things I kept flipping through, whether it was on Twitter or whatever, was that he is very much like Tiger, a little bit more disciplined beyond his years and matured beyond his years, and so you you start putting two and two together, and he's using these essentially programs like your DACA and the decade program and all this stuff to truly like calculate, like, where do I want to hit it? If I'm going to miss, where do I want to miss it? Those kind of things. Obviously it still takes execution, but he's, he, he's more disciplined in probably how he's calculating how he attacks the golf course. And it, I, it totally showed this week on the weekend. And it kind of, it kind of showed me that, it almost made rethink when we had the question to each other. It was like, what in order is the most important things? Putting. I think we both agree it was putting, driving, and then your you know, iron Wedges. game. But, oh, my God. Oh, my God, dude. His, his iron game is what wins him tournaments. It's – that's his, – his – his, so his uh, proximity to the hole and his uh, approach shots – is they're they're so much better in the field, and he wins. I mean, he's hitting the ball shorter mm-hmm. off the tee, and he's not. Um, I, I couldn't remember what his driving accuracy was last week. I don't even know if it was. It's he's. Know, I mean, it's probably top twenty-five, top thirty. But it's his dude. It's his irons. He, he, he probably led. In, he probably led in greens and regulation. I would guess. And proximity um, to hole, he was number one. Yeah. So, so you know, there's shots. an interesting, there was an interesting thing that 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 Bill was telling me today. He's like, look, you got to, you know, like he, you said, he's got an extremely smart mind, mm-hmm. and he's got a world class iron play. And I said, yeah, I was like, you know, you think about, it, he's like, and he's playing with Cameron Champ, and Champ's bombing at forty yards past him. He goes, look, he got in Cameron's head because he's number one proximity to hole, and he's usually hitting first. And he's dotting greens. And Cameron's there with a wedge. And after a few holes, he's like, that guy's putting it inside of me and I have a wedge. Yeah. So it's like, that starts, it's like almost like a reverse thing. It's getting to him. Yep. It's like, I'm, I'm out driving the shit. This guy's just dotting greens. Doesn't care how far I'm hitting a pass. He's, he's that mentality. If you can just like not care about it, like, oh, these, all these guys are past me, but you just keep playing your game. Dude, I respect that. I like that. That's how you won. I, there's there's a lot of humility I think in in playing a or taking a, a different approach than the bomber approach for sure and, and and what's interesting about this is that okay so he has this disciplined calculated way of going around the golf course and we, then you got Bryson DeChambeau who is the calculator right the scientist guy who has taken everything he's learned as he's played the game and said, okay, I got to bulk up and hit, start hitting it 50 yards further, you know? And next thing you know, the guy is bombing it and he's competing competing and he's competed in about every tournament he's played in just as much as Morikawa has. Hey, he won a golf tournament. He won the rocket mortgage. He won, he won a golf tournament and he's been in the hunt in every tournament he's played. I think he got cut one time. His stats are his. No, he's got the right formula too. Like Bryson is a guy that could win a major this year. I think he is yeah. one of the guys, and I, and oh, I think yeah. the U.S. Open is is 
Like Morikawa thinks he have a more difficult time at the U.S. Open. They're oh, I think so too. Yeah, really he, far. Yep. And if he misses, really and far. If, if you miss a fairway, you're done. Well, it, but also they usually get. I don't know if they're going to be able to get the greens as fast, but that place, the greens were holding. Like you could hit a seven iron in and hold the green. That yeah, Phil you mentioned that. He's like, you could actually hold some greens. Yeah. You won't, you won't be greens. able to do that. No. no. And I don't know how, but we have no – I mean, the Masters, you definitely couldn't do that in April, but can they? What, what's going to happen in November? Is it a, I have no idea. Is it at Wingfoot? Is that right? Yeah. 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 I, that won't – I mean, hitting a seven iron in from – and holding the green at the Masters, that's so hard. Yeah. It just, it's just not you, – you, this thing just rolls out like crazy. But Wingfoot will be just – I mean, but I don't know. You'd be really accurate there if the greens are soft because it's later in the year. I don't know. Maybe if they've got a camp <laughs> week, more cow right. could stop. He could show back up. I think yeah. part of it, part of it, absolutely, is the time of year. I mean, the PGA obviously historically has been played in August. So, um, so I heard Morikawa like talk like a few weeks ago or when he won. I thought he was like almost like a little too cocky. I didn't <laughs> like him. But now, like, I'm like, dude, this guy, he is wise beyond his years. Yep. And he actually, he knows exactly what he is doing. I, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be, like, the next, like, superstar guy. I mean, maybe he is. Because these well, if he you sticks, know, Ricky I, Fowler. I think you look Ricky at Ricky Fowler's I'm, fading away. I'm glad, he I'm really glad you brought – well, Ricky got married. So, done. Like the guy, he's he's hosed now because he's gonna start having kids, and it's just like Spieth. He's just done, just whatever. But um, it just happens. These guys start reprioritizing whatever the heck they're doing. Now, I think what ends up happening, these guys start winning, and so I'm glad you brought this up. You know, like being the next guy. You know, we've said this about Spieth. We said like Jason Day was gonna last forever, and yada yada yada. Well, there's there's two parts of this and we'll start with Jason Day obviously and it's it's health these guys can beat themselves up we've already even seen Justin Thomas have some issues with wrists and different things like that and I mean the way that kid swings um I mean he, he's gonna have back issues before he knows it as well and um but you look at guys like Spieth or I even try to like go back and and think about I remember like uh, Jeff Ogilvie when he won the U.S. Open that one year, and I'm, I'm trying to think of some other players. But what ends up happening is and the, there's only one player I've ever seen do this, where they basically overhaul their game or their swing and then continue to compete, and that's Tiger Woods. He's the only person that I can remember, at least in my lifetime, that basically said, you know, I won, that's great, but I gotta, you know, I've got to overhaul this to be better. And whereas I hope a guy like Morikawa doesn't do that. And he says, Hey, you know what? This got me this far. Let's keep doing this because it's won me some tournaments. It gets me in the money. I'm not going to be perfect every single week, but I'm going to stay in it and don't pull a Jordan Spieth and think you got to get 10 more yards out of it because, you know, that's what Bryson's doing or that's because, you know, that's what Brooks is doing, but play your game and yeah but but let's, let's start there's there's a, i think there's three key differences between ricky morikawa and speed speed is career is already hall of fame like by far like he's he's in well, he's and, until, in. And, and, 
Yeah, Fowler is no. not. He's no. Not. He's got five wins. I mean, the guy has been the most over – I think he's the most overrated guy on tour. He has been for the past, you know, eight sure. years. He, well, Morikawa more more is the real deal. This guy, if he, you know, if he keeps this going, he wins like a major next year. Yeah. This guy is the real deal holy yeah. deal. I'm just saying I, I hope he doesn't pull a spieth and think he's got to gain 10, 20 yards. And then it just completely ruins it to the point where, like, dude, you and I hit more fairways than Jordan Spieth. I bet, you if you, I bet you if you mapped out our whole summer playing golf, we, you and I have hit more fairways than Jordan Spieth I this year. I, I, I doubt that. But, I mean, like, he, Spieth needs to play like he did on Sunday with Palmer, where he just went out and shot a casual 67 and didn't give a shit. You know, I think, I think he just he, – he cares. He's obsessed so much that it's, it's, it's hurting yeah, his game. Yes, he's always but gotten the, mechanical. He's gotten focused on bombing stuff or hitting just, further. Just, and it's like, dude. Just go – just go play because right now you're not that good. You're making cuts. It's like yeah. you're just not that good. You're not in the top echelon, not even no. close. And you better like look, go back to your old way because you see the flashes of it. Like you see his his putting, like his putting, dude. When he's going, he's still like the most like. Oh, he's he's one of the better putters the, you'll we'll ever see. Yes. Ever he reads he greens. Needs to focus on that. Why won't he focus yeah. on that? Like like yeah. all I care about is getting on that green. That's correct. So. That's where I'm going with this is that – and this is where I've, I appreciate Bryson and whoever else and whatever. And why all these guys are different. Hey, this is like any sport. Every swing going to be a little different, right? Everybody's approach to football is different. Everybody's shot in basketball is a little bit different, right? Whatever it is. If you just own what you do, you're always going to score better challenges you if you keep chasing after trying to match somebody else you're gonna you're screwed that's why i like it's why like brooks you know what he owns he's just like i'm gonna just be the arrogant guy that goes out and thinks i'm better than everybody dude that's a strategy it literally it yeah, literally but, is a strategy did you, you know, hear like paul casey, yeah did you hear paul casey though after the round no. and like and then brooks and what how he was interviewed he goes paul goes he goes i he goes Brooks is such a gentleman. He was rooting for me. He goes, Brooks knew he was out of it after the yeah. first night. He goes, Brooks was rooting for me and like pushing for me. He goes, that made me play better. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's awesome. And then when I heard Brooks, like give the interview afterwards, he goes, he goes, all I cared about was cheering on Paul. He goes, that's all I cared. Like Brooks is just a competitor, dude. He wants like, he's going to go up for, yes. he's going to try to talk shit. He's going to try to yes. beat your ass. That's, that's, that's his strategy. That's why I like him because he has a strategy. And you know what? I actually don't mind Dustin Johnson because his strategy is to just go out there and just play the game for what it is. And he goes out there I and he just beats, wish he, he did just, that yesterday. I know it. Because he why plays didn't he do that? Golf. He plays his best golf when he does that. He plays it when he just, when he just when tees it up pod. and swings and goes. I just and, want to talk to him on the pod. I was like, Dustin, just do. Do your shit. Dude, you cannot spend that much time I mean, around the green. How many, you're a great putter. He's a how great many putter. How many motivational books or speakers or whatever have you read that just says lead with your strengths, right? And golf should be the same way. What's the best part of your game? Okay. Make sure that you don't – that, you know, you, you just keep doing that. Because if you do it, you're probably going to play your best golf. Like today, of course – not bombing it off the tee, but I'm staying in play. 
And I'm just you never like, bomb okay, it well, off the tee. You do. You keep never. Play. I it's kept your best part of your game. Shut seventy one, and I did nothing fantastic. And I'm just like, okay, give it a play. Just hit it here, hit it there. That's what you and do. I, what I do, but I'm like, but when I get away from, you know, if I try to like rip it or I'm not focused on my short game, then I'm just screwed. Like that. That's what I do. I like, keep my strengths. That's all you gotta do. You focus <coughs> on your strengths and just you're good to go. Know your game, play your game. Like that is, that is it. Just getting and the ball in the hole. It's almost like why can't we relate like like golf golf is weird that it's like you can't relate it to like basketball. Think about like basketball like all that matters is like getting the basket, right? Yep. So who gives a shit how high you throw the ball up in the air when it goes right. in or as long as it goes like in. how high your jump shot is. Right. Jump, no one cares. Or if, it, or if it takes two bounces off the rim and the backboard then goes in. Nobody cares. Doesn't it still went in. But it doesn't matter like how you did it. Yeah. That that's where golf doesn't relate. It's like, oh my God, you hit this long one off the tee. I'm like, who gives a shit? It was that's why I liked uh, Greg Maddox so much as a pitcher. He was like all these other like everybody was just like with speed, steroids at that time, like everything was like bomb it. He was throwing eighty five mile an hour fastballs and he was the best pitcher in baseball. Yep. Yeah, because he figured out his way to do it. Exactly, it, dude. It, it is there is a good way. I, so your point, like you're back to your point. You as a partner, except for last weekend. But I like I like playing with these partners. Just piss everybody off because people are like, "How does he do it? I don't know how he does it. He just plays his own game. He's got to get gets out the but, billy club and puts it in play. And yeah, last weekend sucked. Couldn't say that you were the best of the member member, but. We'll, we'll we'll both keep each other's partners. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was very. I, I just didn't. I had like no birdies, man, in the member member, and I I only really had like a few blow up holes, which hurt me. But I'm I, that's been well, my game lately, dude. I'm like, the the difference between the member member and like what I did last Friday was that I, I mean, I hold out. On you nine. hold out. <laughs> I mean, that, that you had a 180 helped. yard shot from the driving range. Yeah. And you, I mean, you hit a six iron, a punch yeah. six iron that rolls right in. And I, I'm the only yeah. one to witness it. And I freak I know. out. And it I'm totally turning around and put my shit. club in the bag. Yeah. And, and I'm three over the time that I double that hole and everything yeah. goes downhill from there. Well, I mean, but I still, I did the same thing in the member member. Like I had two double bogeys on the front, you know, but the difference was I had like no birdies in the member member. I probably only had two birdies in each round or something like that. Maybe. And maybe four birdies over the two days at at most. And we like shit. We putted terrible. And I may have only one day. I may only had one birdie. I don't know what it was, but you know, I end up with four birdies and an eagle. Um, or maybe it was even five birdies and an eagle or something like that uh, on Friday. I mean, I, I, I round, man. They don't come along that often. No, well, I mean, obviously, an eagle doesn't come along that often, and um, I don't know. So I'm, Seventy, I'm, seventy ones for uh, we're dude. That's it's a great golf round. I, great I shot. Golf two, round. I shot two seventy ones last week. Two. What I, was the other one? I was on uh, Wednesday in the um, in the uh, member guest, the single day member guest. Is that a blues? Yeah, blues. But 
Still 71? I yeah, like no, actually, I, no, I don't think I it had, actually makes, had, it doesn't like make a no, lot of difference. I had like no mistakes there, though. I think I had two bogeys and three birdies or something like that. I don't know. Maybe one. Actually, I think I had one bogey and two birdies. <laughs> I think shot 71. Since la- I think this is the last pod, though, so I shot my first 69 from the golds on this golf course this yeah. year. That was exciting. And that was that was very exciting. That was a like that was four. What was it? Four birdies, one bogey. Very clean yeah. round. I think I shot sixty nine, a... probably between the last time we talked to. So I mean, we've both had some great rounds of golf, and yeah, we're both sitting at like though. plus ones, which is just Garbage. stupid. Can't win any. Can't win any money doing that. Well, I'm determined. I'm trying to determine. I'm only playing in scratch games now. Or if we if we if we find ourselves in a situation where we're playing with higher handicaps, I'm only playing a like a five dollar Nassau or something like that. I, I'm just I'm not even gonna play a ten dollar Nassau. I'm just not gonna do it. Well, a nine or ten handicap will destroy you from the blues. You're done. Yeah. If they if they shoot eighty, yeah. it's over. Yeah. It is over because the guys that like a lot of like nines or tens out here, they shoot they around shoot eighty. 80. Yeah, they shoot eight, and they have three holes where they have like yep. doubles. I'm like, yep. And then they're parring and burning. I was like, dude, you hit the ball better than me on a lot of these holes. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, I'm... playing amateur golf handicapped games. Um, you know, it, it's it's gotten to the point where like it, it's not real fun for me to do it because good for me. I've been fine. I'm playing good golf, but. It's a it's a big challenge to try to be competitive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've believe it or not, even after the shit loss last Friday, I mean, I'm I'm ahead in betting game. I mean, I've made I'm positive in making money and bets, but usually it's not like this kind of game we had last. Usually it's not that. I just play like shit, and you know, oh, I, yeah, I you can had, own up to you, it. You play you play your typical game where you shoot you know, 76 or better or 77 even or better. And I think we're in that. We're still in that thing because side didn't necessarily play great. And Pate didn't have a ton of birdies from what I remember. He had a few, but didn't have a ton. I don't think so, dude. I mean, think about like 17. We didn't like one of us needed to bury that or screwed because that's where we had quadruple points. And then they made a crazy par like Pate made a really good par on 16. It was just yeah. – it was unlucky. Like, literally on your ball, we could have won money. But they hit yeah. the clutch putts, the ham and egg. They, they 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 hit some clutch stuff. That's why we hung around for as long as we did. I mean, I think at the turn we were only – yeah, we, we had lost, like, two bats. I think we had lost the front nine and maybe lost a press. Um, lost you there for a sec. Uh, lost yeah, me again. whatever. I'll rematch turn. their ass. Oh, yeah. Ass. Let's get back awesome. out. I mean – I love – I, I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're a good team. They do ham and egg well, but very beatable. Very. I didn't even talk shit with Chad. Like I needed to start talking shit with Chad, and then he'd start like. That's the thing you got. I needed to do that too. I was trying to be nice to him though, for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. So was I. I, don't, I guess I don't. Like, I guess I don't get to play oh. with him that often. So I feel. I feel like I gotta be nice to the guy because he always. He, he's, he's always sure. like, "Hey, when are we gonna get out?" And then when I had a chance to play, we played. So. Yeah, well, 
just talking shit. But then, but then we weren't, yeah, we weren't partners, so I should have just been talking shit. But see, I don't like, like, we're playing, like, if we're getting, like, I'm not going to get, like, well, if we were going to get ultra competitive, I'll be like, all right, let's fucking go. Like, we'll go over there and just get at him. Let's get at him. Talk well, there are, hey, man, there are, there are buddies anyway. So Cause, we, we, cause we're, they're, we're trying they're, to enjoy the round as well. That you know what, but pay talk shit is like, oh yeah, those are hundred percent guarantee on the seventeen for your bridge, and like it was a dumb decision. It was. Like, it was dumb after they were both in the fairway, but I, I honestly didn't because I didn't watch them. I thought tee Chad off, maybe so. was it right. I thought he was it right, but whatever. Yeah. Like, that's that's golf. Yeah. I mean, just go gamble with Zane, and you can get your money back. <laughs> <laughs> We all we all know that guy. You can go gamble with, I suppose. No, he's awesome. He's great, dude. That guy is. He will bet on anything. It is fun to game with him. That's good. But overall, I would say this PGA Championship took a highlight in professional sports. I think this past weekend. I think they were they put on a good show. Well, if you if you think about them going into the back nine. And having a leaderboard with basically 10 guys in contention going into the back nine. Like 10 dudes legitimately in contention. I don't think you could have asked for a better setup going into the last nine holes of a major. Having that many guys having a chance to do something. Dude, dude So what if they would have had a like six-guy playoff? On the How on the on a muni course, yeah, going out on the sixum, that'd be awesome. In sixteen, <laughs> in having sixteen is the first uh, playoff oh hole, my right? God. And then if somebody would lay it up, just think how much those guys would have called each other out. Oh yeah. What about I mean, so like I I don't get into um, I you know I, I think we had a good conversation here about how you know, the pros and their game and how it relates to our game a little bit. And I think to me, that's always what I try to take away with watching this stuff is like not thinking, all right, could I hit that shot or, but I always think of like, what did I learn from that? You know, I mean, even like Morikawa on the 18th hole and him like bending sideways. Cause you know, he knows he pulled, just pull a gank that iron shot going into 18. Well, the beauty of that was he was aiming at the middle of the green anyway. So the pull, put him a little long over the pin, you know, like right at the pin. So, you know, what did you learn in that scenario? These guys also don't hit perfect shots every time. They know their misses and him aiming at the middle of the green and pulling it over there. It's like when we played with Tyler Duncan. I mean, it, it only took took me a front nine to figure out what his miss was. Long left was his miss. It, long left was his miss. And it was totally that like a we long saw. Pull that we saw. That we saw. But I he, agree with it hundred percent. He he did that like three or four times on the front nine. I'm like, okay, that's his typical miss. But every time he did that, he didn't put himself in a terrible position. He was just maybe off the back of the green or something like that. And and gave himself like a nice long chip to try to get up and down. So he knew what he was doing when he missed. And versus you, no different than Colin knew on eighteen when he missed that it was going to be, you know, probably a pull left and he was still in fine position. And I think that's what, you know, I've kind of trying to take away in uh, these, you know, watching some golf lately is, you know, what can we learn from these guys? Well, I think 
my most education was going out when we played with Tyler. And um, by the way, we need to recap that. That was a that was fun. So it was me and Mark versus um, Scott Bush, who played on uh, Purdue's golf team with Tyler Duncan. And Scott was my um, member guest partner. Very excellent player himself. Bombs yep. it off the tee. Oh, crushes it. Tyler 100%. does not, but nope. he hits it, we, you know, farther hung, than me. I hung and with Tyler most of the day. He, 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 had a, he hit a couple nips, though, that I was like, okay. <laughs> I think he has another level if he wants it. Yeah, um, yeah. But he's not a big guy, you know. No, he's, he's, he's like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, he maybe. looked very trim. He looked very in shape. Yep. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he 150 like he pounds. He's like probably 5'8", five, 5'9", five, 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. So we went – this was the morning after the member-member. So yes. we had – Mark and I had been drinking tequila. Taking it pretty hard. And <laughs> Mark was really drinking tequila. Um, but we were taking it pretty hard, and we had, uh, we had a blast. And we were playing golf. Oh, we had a good time. Hanging out in our neighborhood. Great time. Um, but we had an opportunity to play with Tyler, uh, Scott, uh, texted me and I said to Mark, "Say you want to do this? You want to play on the Sunday after the Saturday for the the member member after the member member?" And Mark's like, "Yeah, I'm game." We had to arrange some things with the wives, but you know they understood that we're gonna do this. Um, so it was like the second tea time off, and actually we were so tired that night before, and after we ate and been you know having so we went drinks to bed all day ten nine thirty or ten nine thirty ten o'clock yeah we were out I was. I was decently rested for the yeah, next day. I was. My back was stiff as hell, though. Oh, my yeah, God. You remember, I could barely, like, follow through without you were, being in agonizing pain. But it, it, you hey, were we almost did. getting subbed. You were yeah. almost getting subbed. <laughs> I almost got subbed. But so we go out there, and Tyler rolls off out of his car. I go pick him up with a golf cart. They're eating McDonald's. And we just roll in the first tee. They don't have any yep. warm-up. No Mark warm-up. and I had a few Comes swings. out cold. Comes out cold, and um, we get in the middle of the fairway on number one. We're all out there. Of course, I'm 25, 30 yards behind everybody, and um, I'm with my ball. And Scott comes and says, hey, what game are we going to play? And uh, I said, hey, let's just do carts. You go you know, Purdue, PGA Tour Pro studs against, you know, the versus Chatham. The, versus Chatham Club amateur asses. Yeah. Yeah, and – it was like, cool. We'll just do, you know, $10 Nassau's, $5 presses. Um, and uh, come out, we we win the first hole, I think, because they, they gave us what? No. Two aside? They gave us two aside, right? Yeah. Gave us two aside, which I thought wasn't that generous, but since he had warmed up. Yeah. Because a pro should probably give you six to a scratch golfer. Yeah. So. I thought, did we win the first hole? Because I know that Tyler we did because he bogeyed, and um, I mean, you may have birdied it even. No, I didn't make a birdie. We just I parted. No. I was the only one to part it. Did they? Oh, because you know, and Scott was like out of bounds or something like that. He may have been something in a yard. Like he might have been out the yeah. hole, out of the hole. Might have been in your yard, like four <laughs> yards away. And but, uh, yeah, and Tyler on number. Had, yeah, he went over. He he had on very first, he pulled long left, <laughs> and didn't get up and down. Mm-mm. And then number two, me, you and I both birdied. Yeah. Um, we won that hole. And then number three, I birdied like from 25 feet. So 
200 going into fourth. These guys, like Tyler's looking at us like, okay. We're, we're like three, right. three up through three. <laughs> yeah. And then four is our toughest golf hole in the course. Because we did a gold-black combo, and the black is our back tees. Gold is the next one up. And we just – any of the hardest ones, we always went back. Yeah. Um, and uh, four, we went all the way back. And Tyler kind of showed us what he was made of there. Yeah. He, those yeah. guys. Those guys both – We I should have parted, I, but I just missed a putt. But Tyler almost – I think did he birdie that hole? I can't remember. He might have birdied it. I don't know. I can't remember now. But we went – so we went on the front nine. We won the front nine. And then we saw a PGA Tour pro yep. coming in, in effect. I think he nine. shot – because he had two bogeys and two birdies. I think he birdied both par fives on the front. On the front nine? And I think yeah, he, he, he bogeyed one, and I think he bogeyed eight. Um, I think he bogeyed eight. Uh, and which eight is like the toughest par three on our course, um, tiny green and just long. Anyway, yeah. And he, I think he shot even on the front, but and yes, and then the then the the tour juice flip switch flipped. And, I matched him on the front. I shot thirty six as well. Yeah, and, and he. Then, uh, he went on. He, he went, went off. off on the back. He sticks one to a foot, kick in six inches, probably on ten. Um, barely, barely missed a birdie putt on eleven. Hit one to about. I was inside him on eleven though. Yeah. Uh, sticks one to probably like. I would say he was probably seven feet on twelve, Dude, and I was really. I was really surprised he missed that putt on 12 because he was like below the hole and it didn't break a ton. Wasn't all four of us though in that same range? On we 12? were, we all had birdie putts on 12. And then, uh, what do you do um, on 13? On 13, he part, remember he was actually home in two and three putt from the left fringe. And I birdied it yeah. and actually won that hole with a, uh, with either an up and down or a two putt or something like that. Um, and I actually took that hole. That was one of my only good holes, I think, all day. Um, but then he came back, in, and this is where he really just turned on the, the turbo thrusters. On 14, he stuck one to about six feet, um, par three, and, and made that birdie putt. And then on uh, 15, he stuck one to about, what, maybe three feet. It went inside three feet and just tapped in there. Um, but we popped. But we popped and and I think cut him and half that hole, <laughs> which yep. was great. And then uh, sixteen was kind of a ho hum par for everybody. Seventeen, we go all the way back, which they extended this tee box uh, last. And summer. they gave us a pop to go back. And yeah, he goes, "Hey, we'll give you an extra stroke if we play this back." And we're like, "Sure, we'll take it." And we all hit decent drives out there. But I mean, when you from you're in your plan from back there, it's it's a good two fifty to two seventy in. Um, it played, it's a true par five. And I want to say he, he hit the best three wood. three wood. I think I've ever seen anybody hit off of a fairway. I mean, it was just yeah, on a rope from like 270 out and he puts it in this front left bunker. And so by the way, then he's not done as far as hitting best shots I've ever seen on a golf hole. He hit the prettiest bunker shot to about four inches and I, he may have even lifted it out. I can't remember, but it, it was a pop. he and and he made it look so easy to get up and down out of that front bunker after hitting this just laser three wood. It. And he did almost. Well, I feel like he like lifted out. 
and uh, just taps in for birdie. Like no one of us bird it. One of us bird. I think we I think we cut him on that and uh, with the birdie, and um, maybe I made one there too. I don't know, but um, and then uh, yeah. So I mean, he shoots, goes and shoots, takes that, shoots, has four birdies on the back nine. Um, had a chance for I think birdie on eighteen too, and you know just a smooth easy sixty eight with no warm up, <laughs> no warm up. I shot a seventy two, and I said, "Hey, this is our seventy two and I felt like pretty good. I was like, I said it to him. He's like, yeah, he's, "What Tyler said, he's like, yeah, you played real nice today." <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, the only thing I know is I, we beat him what two ways. Uh, and, he handed money over to me, and he he handed money over to us, which was fantastic. That's I, I yeah, we won yeah. we won money off of a PGA Tour pro. How how cool is that? That was, awesome. that was the highlight of my uh, golf. You know, actually, that was better than the sixty nine. It really was. It was so yeah. much fun. I really I had a blast at that. Winning winning but, ten bucks off of him was fantastic. So, it, you know, and. We still need to get uh, Scott on to uh, yep. to talk. If that, but my God, that, I, for a guy that's five, well, he's not much bigger than Tyler. Nope. And how far he's, he can hit it up? You know, he his swing, and, and I I don't want to compare it players. Everybody has a different swing, but the the amount of lag he creates um, reminds me of they did like a slow mo of of Cameron Champ. Um, and I've seen, yeah, you know, some right. other, but he just, he wow. creates this. Uh, yeah. I remember just seeing this yesterday. And now that I think about it, he just creates this tremendous lag that um, is it's on another level. It's just on another level. I don't, I do not create that lag. I, if anything, I cast the club. How do you, how does that even do, how does that even happen? You have to have a certain muscle or something because, well, no, you can't teach that. No, I don't think I like, I can't. I can't even hinge my wrists like those guys do. I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm more Spieth esque, pretty rigid. I and I yeah, really wish you're actually I really, swing. Your swing actually kind of looks like this, to be honest. Um, I wish I wish it looked. I mean, my shoulder turn is and my and how far I take it back is like Tony Finau, but I do not create as much power as Tony Finau either. So you take it back farther than him. Then yeah, you take it back farther. The guy that I see that doesn't that that has the most similar swing to Tony Finau is Chad side. Hmm. He's the most similar. Like your swing actually looks more like Jordan Spieth. When you say that, it really hmm. reminds me of it. The way that you're like, you make it, you make a turn. Your 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 club doesn't go very far back, but it goes it goes like Tony's goes fucking barely past his waist. No, I know. It's he crazy. It's awesome. You're right. Chad side is pretty pretty abbreviated as well. I don't get how he generates his power either. Uh, he, I think he has a little bit lag, but I think that's where he makes his big misses as well as he's trying to uh, – there's a lot of timing down at the bottom with that. And he's uh, very talented and hits just some huge bombs and hits some great shots, but I think he at times doesn't get away with it because he's trying to rip through it too fast. I agree with that. Um so I'm going to play the IU course on Wednesday. Yeah, who are you playing with? I heard you said that. Uh, Bodie texted me today and asked me. Yeah. He said, do you want to nice. go down with, I think it's Callahan, and I don't know if it's Beller. Or yeah, that'll be awesome. But, I heard he has like, like a gazillion credits. 
down there. So that dude, he's we got to get him on. I'm serious. Like he knows. Oh, that, that, be, that is great. Be a, Bodie would be a great interview talking about Hell his yes. career and golf and what he's done. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's awesome. awesome. I'm telling him. I'm telling yeah, him. Yeah, tell him we got to get him on the pod. But he, um, dude, you're gonna love that course. I mean, it, it it's gonna it needs. It's just like our you know first couple of years we played here. Um, you know, there's there's some bare spots. There's some spots that you're gonna be like, okay, that needs to be better. The greens need to grow in a little bit better, probably as well. Another year. I hear it's settling. I hear it's good though. Oh, it's it's, it's still it still plays really nice. Greens are just probably a little slower than you'd like to see them, but you think it'll ever see... like whatever meet up to Campen and Ackerman? Do you think? I mean, and not you being biased, and me not being a Purdue guy, and you not being an IU guy. Will it will it like get to that level? You know, I hope that they invest, continue to invest some money in it, and I believe that they're with the with from what I've heard. I believe the um, the the sponsors and the donations um, that they will have are going to continue to funnel into the course, and it will continue to um, be well funded for a number of years to come. And so, um, I believe but as it, long as that have, continues, uh, does it have the design? Uh, wait, you see it, dude. It's it's yeah. It's if it has the design, the oh, money's dude, there. It's fantastic. The money's there. It's I mean, fantastic. It's that. fantastic. And you're going to keep it in the fairway, man, which you do, but keep it in the fairway. You think um, it's like very much like camping. You get, you get off and you are in, in a world of hurt. And I actually, I like it better than camping um, mainly because there's more topography to it. Um, there's a few more holes that kind of go up and down some hills and some slopes um, compared to camping. Um, and I also think the green complexes are more interesting on a number of the holes as well. See, I'm from, you know, I'm from Southern Indiana, so I'm yep. used to more of that. Yep. Like, you're, dude, I you miss... are, and it's the, the Zoiza fairways. You're going to freaking love it, dude. Oh, good. It's Zoiza? Yep. <laughs> you're going to love it, dude. I you're going to be like, you're going to be like, this is my favorite course. We have to play this every once a month. You're gonna Zoysia love the it. fairways. I love you're, fairways. Yeah, you're you're gonna love it. You don't get to play Zoysia fairways much. No, like ever. No, I mean because you go down south and they're, you know, yeah, you get the Bermuda, and you're not you're not getting, Zo- but it's not some, but Zoysia Zoysia is its own bear. Yeah, it really is. It's its own kind of, you know, it, it, it like it keep, like if it's hot when you played it, was it hot down there? Um. Oh yeah, it was a hot day. So hot. It was one of those. Well, then like, that ball. Didn't that ball stick up on the fairway pretty good? Oh, it stuck up great, and it didn't go anywhere either. It was still. It, it just poured the day before. Ball didn't roll at all. I love that. I don't you love that? That shows like that's that's how I. Think that's why that's I golf. Is. I think that course will play as one of the toughest in the state for sure. And I think. With as long as they got it going, um, it, uh, it 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 it's going to host some tournaments. It's it's as far yeah as far as I can stretch it out too. Yeah. I mean, first hole. Oh, they'll get a they'll get a first hole is a par a, five that just is. I mean, it's a reachable par five if you hit a good drive and um, 
with this big square freaking green. It's awesome. They cut the, they cut a number of the greens uh, square shape, not rounded. So they actually have like corners to them. It's pretty cool. Um, the third hole green complex. It's a uh, from the back back tee, the very tip. It is 260 yard par three downhill. It is the biggest golf green. I, one of the biggest golf greens I've ever seen in my life. It's fantastic. And it's just yeah. amazing. And the whole thing, I rolled off the back of it. The pin was way back, <laughs> but knowing, knowing what I know now, you could land, I could have landed that ball in the middle of that green and it would have rolled all the way to the back corner left because everything just feeds to the back corner left, which is where the pin was. And now that I know how to play that hole, I would have played that hole 10 yards shorter than whatever the length was said that I think I hit a five iron from like 200 yards or something like that. And it was a little downhill and I, I, I would have totally taken a six iron and just played it to the middle of the green, let it release back. But it was it, dude, it, you're going to love it. So I'm going to talk to Bodie when I'm down there. I'm gonna, I'm going to get a day that he says I'm going to get throw out a day. We go down to Victoria. You got to yeah. go, dude. Yeah. It's the, the best golf course in the state. Thursday, Thursdays I mean, or Fridays are better. Like Crooked Stick. Crooked Stick doesn't even <laughs> compare to that golf I mean, course. Based on my kids' schedules, Thursdays and Fridays are better for me. I can tell you that. Well, we'll just need to get up early and just head down there. We'll yeah. play 36. We'll come back. Here you go. I mean, I could stay down there and just my parents, and but I'd have to drive separate with you. Yeah. Um, well, we could do a Friday of it for sure if we could figure that out. Or I, I mean, could, but shit, I could find a shit, you could say my parents would my parents would be like, all right, just you mark stay over and we're good. Yeah. Like my mom will make you the best breakfast you ever had in your life. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that. <laughs> so, so I I think we talked I think we covered some good topics tonight. It was good. It's good uh get back on here. It's good to get uh, yeah, get off get get back going here. But um, but if if I'll probably have time tomorrow and scott said he's gonna uh, excuse me uh sean yeah he's gonna text me when he's done so okay we might do like a quick 30 minute one maybe tomorrow with with sean if you get a little recap of his round yeah we could i mean i think uh it'd be great if we could get him and we'll um we'll do we could um we'll just hyper focus it on on the latin america tour or something i like it i like it what were you drinking tonight what'd you make yourself just so we like we can just just so we can talk about this Little buffalo. I was, I, yeah. I I want to next time we're in person. I want to try the, I want you to try this bell mead. This oh, like yeah. sherry cask finished bell mead bourbon is so good. Nice. Like you're gonna be like it's probably one of the best bourbons I've ever had. That's saying a lot. You've had a lot. It of bourbon. is I know, a lot. <laughs> well, I, now I'm drinking an Osiris. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm I've got that. Um, Space dust that I've had for since the beginning of the summer, and so I'm. uh, I figure just one of these gets me going for the night, so I don't even have to go. I don't even have to get crazy. I had a. I have put a Stella on tap that I have here. Stella, wow. Yeah, it's not that good. Nope, it's not. I was waiting for you to say it first. <laughs> it's just not good beer. No, I mean, 
every it's, it's, it's one of the most shit. it's one of the most overrated beers there is i i feel like like people it's it's like just because it comes in a green bottle people are like oh it must be good it's terrible it's like saying rolling rock is good i don't know just because it's in a green bottle. I think I'd rather I think I'd rather have rolling rock. Kega rolling shit. Remember back in the day, dude, we used to pick up the keg of rolling rock and people would be like, Oh keg rolling rock. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. The Stella's just not I mean, just European beer, man. Except Guinness. There's not a lot of good European beer. No. I mean I mean they've been making it forever. You figure they fucking figure it out. Well, it's like when we were in France, they they were just I mean it, they, everybody just had garbage. <laughs> it was it was literally it was literally trash beer and even when we went to the one like English pub in France, they couldn't even pour a decent tasting Guinness. So it, no. we drank like a beer that was from like 1600s and in, in <laughs> you know French shit. I was like I guess they didn't have any other choices because it was so bad. We couldn't even hardly finish it. I don't yeah. know. I was like, give me some wine. Like, I started <laughs> drinking wine the whole way through. And the, and, wine, drink wine. And, and the wine was fantastic in France. Yeah. The wine was uh, like, I, that, I do miss that. That was really good. But yeah. We'll, we will be well, traveling. I don't, think, I don't think we'll be traveling uh, anytime soon to uh, Europe. So that sucks. Which sucks. I'd like to be back. I'd like to go back to France, Paris. Yeah. The end. Yeah. The world is a crazy place right now, but it's good that we can uh, catch up, do a little podcast, play a little golf, all that fun stuff. So, um, have have a great time Wednesday. Let me know about tomorrow, and um, I will. uh, We'll we'll get that set up. I should be around. So, with that, we're gonna wrap up our little episode. As we always say at the end of these, uh, go out there, hit more greens like Colin Marikawa, and uh, maybe you can win a PGA championship or your club championship, whatever. He'll definitely score better. And we'll see y'all. Thanks for listening. Stand up. Pass out. Wake up. Fade it. Fade it. Fade it.